This is a part about Duchenne muscular dystrophy, a genetic progressive disease mainly affecting boys. Every year, 10 boys in Sweden are born with Duchenne. The earlier you find out, the better the prognosis. Uh, my name is Malin Kvarnung and uh, I work as a consultant in clinical genetics and right now I'm working in Stockholm in Sweden. And you work with Duchenne's muscular dystrophy and it is a genetic progressive disease. Can you explain the genetic background of the disease? Uh, yes. Uh, to start with as a clinical geneticist we work with um, many different genetic disorders uh, and Duchenne muscular dystrophy is one of these, um, these disorders. Uh, so the genetic background of Duchenne's uh, muscular dystrophy is uh, uh, a mutation in a gene called the dystrophin gene. The dystrophin gene is located on the X chromosome uh, where um, men and boys they have only one X chromosome in addition to one Y chromosome, uh, while girls and women have two X chromosomes, and therefore they have two copies of the dystrophin gene. And that is the explanation why this disorder mainly affects boys. And you work with genetic testing. Do you meet the patients also? At the clinical genetics department, the patients uh, usually come for genetic counseling uh, after they have received a diagnosis. So usually the patients come together with their family and sometimes even the extended family with other relatives to get information about the inheritance pattern and the possibilities uh, of carrier testing and further testing. How is a genetic test performed if you take us through the different phases? Mm -hmm. um, the procedure usually starts when the, the patient sees their, the doctor at the neurology department. Uh, and the most common situation is a, a boy that goes to the pediatric neurology department. Uh, and from the symptoms, one starts to suspect that this might be Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. Um, and to in investigate this further, genetic testing is one of the components. And the doctor usually uh, writes a referral for a genetic test. And this is made from uh, a blood sample. Uh, so the test or the blood sample comes to the, the lab at the clinical genetic department um, where the testing is performed, uh, the genetic test of the dystrophin gene. And this takes usually a few weeks and then the report is uh, written back to the referring clinical doctor. Can it take longer? Um, sometimes it can take longer. Sometimes the, uh, the clinical phenotype or the symptoms in the patients is not that clear. Uh, the doctor might su suspect that this could be Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, but it could also be a bunch of other disorders. And sometimes the clinical doctor prefers to do a broader genetic test with uh, analysis of, uh, of several genes, not only the dystrophin gene, and that test takes longer. Is it easy to do a genetic test? Um, both yes and no. It's uh, rather easy for the patient and the family, it's, uh, it's a blood sample. But from a technical point of view at the lab, uh, it might sometimes be a difficult test depending on what method you are using. And sometimes the interpretation is difficult. But for Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, the interpretation is, is usually quite straightforward. When is it important to do the test? Um, 
as soon as you have a suspicion of uh, Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, it's important to uh, to have the genetic testing as part of the full investigation in order to, to reach a, a conclusive diagnosis. Why is it important to do a genetic test? Um, it's important for... Um, for several reasons, uh, it's important to get uh, a clear diagnosis. Uh, and for Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, there are uh, treatments that are available today, like a steroid treatment. Uh, and there are also uh, clinical trials for, for future treatments. So it's important to know the exact diagnosis. And also in order to, uh, to know what surveillance programs the patient should go in, uh, for example, uh, surveillance of the heart. Um, so that's one reason why it's important because it affects how the treatment for the patient and the care for the patient, but it's also important um, for the rest of the family. Since it's, uh, it's a potentially hereditary disorder, there could be other affected people, other uh, women that could be carriers of the disorder, and they could be at risk of uh, of having children with the disorder. So it's important uh, for them to know and then they have the choice uh, how they want to, to use that information and how they want to proceed. Yeah, you say it's a genetic hereditative disease, but not always. No, no, that, that is true. It's always a genetic uh, disease because the, uh, the etiology of the disease is uh, a genetic mutation. Uh, but it's not always hereditary. In about one third uh, of the boys who has the disorder, uh, the mutation has arisen just in that individual, in that boy. Uh, it's what we call a de novo mutation. Uh, and in these instances, instances, it's not hereditary from the mother. But for the other, about two thirds of the patients, uh, the mother is a carrier of the disorder and possibly further back in the in the family as well. And when you're sitting and working or standing and working and looking at the, the data, what do you look for in the test? Um, usually or traditionally this has been done in a stepwise way. And the most common type of mutation is a deletion or duplication of one or several exons of the gene. Uh, so the first step is usually to look for, for this kind of mutation. Uh, and one method to do this is something called MLPA, which has been quite broadly used. Uh, and if that test is negative, we usually proceed with doing a full sequencing of the gene to look for smaller mutations, point mutations. So that's when you do a full genetic sequencing? Yes, exactly. Do you have other methods? Yes, there are there are other methods for for both both kind of mutations, and uh, since a few years, there is um, an additional method called next generation sequencing or NGS, uh, and with that test, it's possible to do uh, sequencing and to look for small deletions and duplications with the same test actually, and that is under development, uh, but it will uh, it will soon be in in clinical. Uh, clinical testing as well. When you have the results, what happens then? The results are discussed um, from a medical point of view and from a technical point of view. 
so we work closely together, the, uh, the clinical geneticists together with the molecular geneticists. Uh, and from those results, we write a report back to the referring clinical doctor who receives the report. Can it be difficulties to interpret the data from the genetic tests? Usually it's not difficult to uh, state what kind of mutation the patient, patient has, but sometimes it can be difficult uh, to draw conclusions about uh, how the clinical picture or how this will affect the symptoms in the patients. Uh, so the result from a clinical test is not always uh, equal to a clinical diagnosis. It has to be um, put into context with other tests. Can it somehow be made easier the interpretation of, of the tests? The interpretation uh, can be added with, um, with other tests, and one of those tests are a muscular biopsy or a muscle biopsy, which is actually more rare today than it used to be because the gene- genetic tests has, uh, the interpretation has become uh, better and better. Um, but sometimes uh, it's good to look at the protein, the dystrophin protein directly and not only at the genetic part. Are there different types of mutations in Duchenne muscular dystrophy? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a good question and there's actually um, more than a thousand different mutations described in the dystrophy gene. Uh, So if you have several patients with the same diagnosis uh, it is likely that they have different, all of them have different mutations. Uh, Some of the mutations are recurrent and seen in several patients, while others are seen only in one or very few patients in big cohorts. And the most common type of mutation is when you have a deletion or duplication, where you lack a part of the gene, or you have part of the gene that is duplicated. And that accounts for about 70% of the mutations. Uh, and the remaining part are smaller mutations, point mutations within the gene. Can there even be more mutations that you haven't discovered yet? That might definitely be the case. Um, There are mutations that can reside um, with parts of the genes that are not coding for the protein, but are still relevant for for the expression of the gene. So that is known for, for several genetic disorders. Is it important to have a full genetic diagnose? It is important. Um, It is important... uh, to have the clinical diagnosis in order to decide how to how to do the treatment and surveillance. But it, it's also important to know the exact mutation because it might affect uh, the treatment, mainly for future treatments. A lot of clinical trials are aimed at specific mutations. Uh, so that is, is very important. And also for, uh, for the whole family, for accurate genetic counseling and to offer carrier testing and prenatal testing. You have to know the exact uh, mutation and they have a definite diagnosis. Why is it important with early diagnosis? That is important for several reasons. It's important uh, for the patient um, to decide about treatment and surveillance. Uh, but it's also important to uh, to give genetic counseling to the family. If this is a mutation that is her- hereditary, it could be important for, for other family members, for healthy female carriers. Uh, we recommend that female carriers uh, do cardiac screening on a regular basis. 
in order to prevent a cardiac uh, affection. And also for those women that, uh, that are planning to have children, it's important to know if they are a carrier and to know what their possibilities are. What has happened in the research about genetics? What important steps has been made in this field? The genetic basis has been known for quite a while and is very established. Uh, the genetic screening methods, uh, the broad screening methods, have become more available and, uh, um, and less expensive than they used to be. Um, and I think the development from a genetic point of, uh, of view for, or from a genetic basis is mainly where it comes to treatment. What do you find the most interesting and intriguing in the field of genetics and rare diseases? Um, that's a very good question. It uh, has been a dramatic evolvement and uh, evolution the last, uh, the last years. And I think that will hopefully go on and this, that the availability of genetic testing will become um, more available for, for patient care and uh, for deciding how to, uh, how to treat uh, different rare disorders. What brought you into this field? I actually started in clinical genetics uh, quite soon after I did my, uh, my residency. Uh, and during a, a medical education, I worked in a genetic lab during the suburbs as an extra job. Uh, so that made me really curious and interested in gen genetics. How broad is the knowledge among your colleagues about genetics and genetic testing? I think it's, um, from the point of my view and the colleagues that I work closely with, the, the knowledge is very good because these people work with genetic disorders all the time. Uh, but from a broader perspective, uh, I think there's still a need to, to spread uh, spread the possibilities that are available today, the possibilities with genetic testing and the um, potentially future treatments. What is your vision for genetic testing in the future? My vision is that it will become more available uh, to more patients and the, the patients that do have rare disorders, that the possibility to get an, a distinct diagnosis will become more available. Uh, and in the long run, that we will be able to, and to develop treatments for these disorders. That's only in, we're only in the beginning of that phase. Uh, research has very much focused on the etiology of genetic disorders, but now it's more and more shifting to, uh, to start looking into treatments and potential treatments. Martellinius, professor and senior consultant at the Queen Sylvia's Hospital, a part of Salgenska University Hospital, sees the importance of genetic testing and early diagnosis. Why is it important with genetic testing? Genetic testing and, and early diagnosis is becoming more and more important uh, for patients with descent muscular dystrophy. The reason is that we are seeing new, new therapies uh, which are already in place or are emerging from uh, clinical trials. Uh, this uh, this is new developments. Earlier, we did not have any treatments, and then it really didn't matter so much when we when the diagnosis was in place. But now, with all of these new drugs uh, lining up, it is of utmost importance to push the 
the age of diagnosis down so that the patients will get the diagnosis earlier. And uh, some of these new ter therapies which we are seeing might even lead to the uh, conclusion that we need um, neonatal screening for distant uh, muscular dystrophy. When is it important to do a genetic test? The diagnosis uh, is through the genetic test. So we, we need the genetic test to be sure that this patient has, has Duchenne muscular dystrophy. So that is why it's so important to get the genetic testing done. It has been, uh, it was in the beginning a little problematic to get the, to get the whole genetic diagnosis, but this has become much easier during the last years uh, uh, through uh, both MLPA and through uh, next generation sequencing. But can it be difficult to interpret the data from the genetic tests? The, the difficulties in interpreting data are sometimes not so difficult and sometimes it's more difficult. Uh, the, the interpretation is almost all, uh, at least in Sweden, is done by the genetic laboratory, uh, by the uh, geneticist or the, the medical geneticist, uh, which um, write the report of the results of the genetic testing. So then we get, we get the, the genetic test results but we also get to know is this most likely uh, uh, the, uh, the phenotype of Duchenne muscular dystrophy or is this also described with milder phenotypes like Becker muscular dystrophy. Sometimes, we, sometimes it's clear cut. This phenotype is only uh, of Duchenne muscular dystrophy, but sometimes it can be both described with Duchenne's muscular dystrophy and Becker's muscular dystrophy. Then there also there also there can also be problems uh, with um, um, uh, how to to um, interpret the results with what the geneticist is writing. Sometimes it can be difficult to to know exactly what the geneticist means. Sometimes they are uh, writing, for example, uh, that this. Mutation uh, causes a, a premature stop, uh, but it is not a premature stop codon. So it is. It can be difficult also for the clinician to know exactly what the geneticist means. And in these these few cases, it is of course important for the clinician to take direct contact with the genetic laboratory. How can it be made easier to interpret the data? Uh, sorry, can you say it again? How can it be made easier to interpret the data? Well, I think the interpretation has to be through the cl clinical geneticists, through the genetic laboratories. So, uh, and it, uh, to make it easier, it's of course how you write the, the uh, how you write the results, and um, and this depends also. And sometimes it is difficult, and sometimes it's very clear cut. Uh, and always this discussion directly between the clinician and the genetic laboratory might be necessary. Do you know of cases when the diagnosis is delayed into a non-accepted age? Sorry, uh, do I know of cases? 
when the diagnosis has been delayed into a non-accepted age. Into a non-accepted age. Yeah, very late. The, di- the diagnosis uh, is sometimes put late, and and um, uh, although it has been moving downwards in age, so we're getting the diagnosis earlier and, and earlier. But in some cases, there might be some other uh, problems like neuropsychiatric problems, which uh, which um, uh, lead the physician, uh, the clinician in charge, uh, in the wrong direction, and uh, this uh, may may be, for example, neuropsychiatric or or cognitive problems, which uh, lead the physician in the wrong direction, and this is, of course, uh, this can always happen, and it depends, of course, of the awareness of the clinician for the for the different diseases what is your vision for genetic testing in the future well i think uh, i think i can begin to see the vision of uh, uh, neonatal screening for duchenne muscular dystrophy if we for example get one treatment for all for example uh, gene therapies for all then that opens the door for neonatal screening. While we still only have a few uh, uh, um, uh, medications available, which are only for a a selected group of patients, this will not allow uh, neonatal screening. But if we get one treatment for all, that opens the field of neonatal screening for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Thank you, Martellinius, professor and senior consultant at the Queen Silvia's Hospital, a part of Salgrenska University Hospital. This pod, Take on Duchenne, what you need to know about Duchenne muscular dystrophy, has been produced by Koma, and my name is Maria Mattel Suomalainen. The podcast has been produced with financial support from PTC Therapeutics.